This morning, let me go ahead and invite Mark, invite Mark, Mark Nicewander again. I came to talk. Mark Nicewander, come on up, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is Mark, and uh, yeah, we're grateful to have him here. Uh, he and his wife, Kathy, and his whole family is here this morning, but we're thankful to have Mark and Kathy as part of our vintage community. Mark's been in ministry for several years. How many years do you feel like you've been in full-time ministry, Mark? How about whatever, man, whatever, man. No, it's been a few years, and uh, yeah, he's been incredibly influential in my life, and having them a part of Vintage has been uh, one of the most exciting things for 2022 for me. And so, this is Mark, he's going to be speaking this morning, he'll be speaking actually more regularly, as they're now part of the Vintage family, so we're excited about that. But also, one of the things we've talked about in the past is we are a church who really believes in the movement of God's Spirit, listening to God's voice, and being a part of sharing that. We talk about in, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about the people of God as they're moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit whether they're praying for healing or, or the prophetic, hearing God's voice. And one of the things we want to do, begin doing on Sunday mornings is giving space for God to speak through his people uh, into the body. And so what we've decided, to, what we've talked about in Mark and I met a couple of weeks ago is Mark is going to be a person to be sitting here on a Sunday morning. And if there is a word you feel like God is speaking on Sunday morning, we want to invite you, as 1 Corinthians says, just to hey, submit that word. They will then test that. That, and then we'll speak that out. And so Mark is going to receive those words. So on Sunday morning, what it'll look like is this. If you're, if you're in worship, you feel like God has a word he wants to speak to the body, you'll just find Mark. Mark, you'll share that word with Mark, and Mark will determine if it's something that we will hold on to and pray into. Lots of pressure on him, right? And we're going to, if it's a word that maybe he'll just take from you and share with the body, or maybe he may say, hey, we'll need to help you walk up here with you, give you the microphone, let you share that on Sunday morning. So next so Starting next Sunday, if you're in town, are you in town next Sunday? I didn't even talk to I forgot to ask. Are you in Texas? Are you in town? Okay, fantastic. Kathy, this is Kathy right here. Raise your hand, Kathy. She's the, but yeah, she's the better half, yeah. So anyway, so they'll be here next Sunday. If that's something you feel like God is speaking, feel free to share with him, and then he will take that word and move forward with it. All right? So with that, let me pray for Mark, and then we'll dive in this morning. Father, I am thankful for Mark. I'm thankful for who he is, what he represents uh, primarily in the kingdom of God and the secondarily in our lives. I just pray this morning that, God, you would bless him and then bless us through him as you speak. Lord, we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen and amen. This is yours. I'm going to put it right here for you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Well, good morning. Let me say uh, before I begin that um, the other Sunday when uh, Randall had that panel up here, I have to be honest, I was saying, oh, no, a panel for church. <laughs> and uh, But I, I told Randall afterwards, that was one of the most inspiring services I've been in. And uh just really blessed me. Uh, and and I, the reason for that is that I, I think it was just a, a significant testimony to uh, self-giving love. And I uh, appreciate all those who are foster fostering children here in the church and, uh, and the church's commis- commitment to that, that ministry. Well, before I, uh, I didn't realize it, but I started working on this message, and then I found out today was uh, Pentecost Sunday, which fortunately I was working on Acts 2. Whoops, this thing's not behaving here, Steve. Uh, trying to go up with it? No, it just keeps falling over on me. Uh, I think we got it now. Um, I didn't realize today was uh, 
Pentecost Sunday, but I was working on Acts 2. So we're going to be pulling scripture from Acts 2. And uh, we got the computer back up and running, I suppose. Good, good. So um, let me begin by uh, just uh, praying for us. Lord, we do thank you for the way you are moving in this church. And uh, we ask, Lord, that uh, even now, uh, by your spirit, you would speak into our hearts. Uh, Lord, even as we were singing, we ask for this to be a place where your spirit comes uh, every Sunday and comes in our life every day, Lord, that we would live our lives in the outpouring of your spirit. So, Lord, we, we love you. We pray that you would guide us in our, our thoughts this morning, that we would hear not only your word, but we would actually hear from you, Lord, in this time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, when we were up in Minnesota, uh, Kathy and I met a young lady who was at the College of Missions. There was a College of Missions on the campus where the church was, uh, Bethany College of Missions. And this uh, young lady's name was Munera, and she was from a Muslim country. When she became a believer in that country, her family disowned her. And so she went to live with the missionaries there in the area. Uh, she decided to come to the United States, but before coming to the States, she wanted to reconnect with her father. And fortunately, he was willing to talk to her. And in that conversation together, the father asked her, he said this, Munera, I, I just have one question for you. Do you have hope? And she said, Dad, I have a hope so bright it burns my eyes. Now, we as believers in Jesus not only have one hope, we have many hopes. But Paul said this. He said that the blessed, and this is in Titus 2.14, he says, The blessed hope is the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, when he appears in power and in glory, returns to the earth, to renew all things, to resurrect us from the dead, to bring heaven and earth together into a new creation where we will have fellowship with God and with one another forever. That that is the blessed hope that we carry as as believers. So after Jesus was resurrected, the disciples wanted basically to know, are you going to begin the blessed hope now? Is now the time that this begins here in Israel. And so we're going to pick up on Acts 1, 6 through 8, that conversation that Jesus is having with the disciples. Acts 1, 6 through 8. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? That's the blessed hope. That's the beginning of the blessed hope in, in which uh, that we all look forward to. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the father has set by his own authority. In other words, it's not for you to know the time that the blessed hope is coming and when I bring the blessed hope. But you and here's the interesting thing. Jesus says, but I'm going to give you another hope before the blessed hope. You will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Now, in this particular passage, Jesus is saying that I'm going to give you a hope before the blessed hope comes. And that hope is the pouring out of Holy Spirit power upon you. This is the hope that God gave the disciples. He gives the church Holy Spirit power coming on us. Ten days later, as we know, there was a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost in Jerusalem as the disciples were waiting in Jerusalem. And it was so massive that it brought the power, the Spirit's fullness power to every individual disciple. It brought the Spirit's revival power to the group of the disciples. And it brought the Spirit's awakening power to a portion of Jerusalem. It was a massive outpouring of the Spirit upon their lives. And uh, today I want us to look at this Holy Spirit coming on you power as our hope. Because I find a lot of times we in the church, we're not going for this hope. (laughs) We're not seeking God for Holy Spirit coming on you power in our lives. And we're not living in it as we're uh, as we're called to do, because this is what Jesus gives us before his great return to earth. It is the hope before the blessed hope. So why is it? Why is it that we should go after this hope in our own lives? And, and I would say the main reason is because God, the triune God, wants it for us. And let me let me illustrate that. Um, God, the Father, wants it for us because he has promised it to us for the time in which we live. Uh, after the spirit was poured out and the bystanders in Jerusalem started gathering around saying, what is this? Because of all the phenomena and, and all the things that were happening, particularly the the. Disciples being able to speak in the languages of those that were gathered there. Peter gets up to explain what's going on. And the first thing Peter does is that he quotes the prophet Joel, Joel 2, 28 through 32. It's uh, it's quoted there in Acts 2. And I've always wondered, why did Peter have that verse in his hip pocket? I mean, it's like he immediately pulls it out and says, this is what's going on. I mean, why did he have that scripture in his mind when the Holy Spirit was poured out? Well, I believe it was because 10 days later, Jesus was teaching them from this scripture. As a matter of fact, it says in uh, in Acts 1, uh, it says that Jesus calls this the promise of the Father. This prophecy in Joel was a promise that God gave way back in the history of Israel. And Jesus was using this as a way of expressing what the disciples should be expecting and looking for. This promise of the Father. And so this promise of the Father, uh, according to Joel, is to take place in the last days. And uh, we, uh, the, the last days, you say, well, when are the last days? Well, the last days are the days between the ascension of Jesus Christ and his return. We live in the last days. 
We are part of the last day. So this promise is for us. The, the promise that Joel has from God, that the revelation that Joel got concerning what God has promised us in the last days, that promise is for us in the time in which we live. And in this, he says there are three characteristics of the last days in, in Joel's prophecy. And let me just quickly give those to you. Uh, and I'm going to begin with the end of the prophecy. Uh, and that's found in Acts uh, 2.19. Uh, and it says this. Excuse me. That's fa- it's found in Acts 2.21. I'm sorry. In the last days, God says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, it doesn't mean every person will be saved, but it means everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And I think every simply means this. People from every tribe, every nation, and every language who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you go back to what Jesus said to the disciples, he not only gave them the hope of the coming of the Holy Spirit, but he also gave them this hope. He says, before the blessed hope comes... You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. In other words, uh, here Jesus is, I believe, picking up on this prophecy about the whole world understanding salvation or having a witness of salvation. And in Mark's gospel, when Jesus is talking about uh, uh, when the blessed hope comes, when he returns, he said this in Mark's gospel. This gospel will be preached to the nations, to the world, and then the end will come. Then I will return. The end of this age will come. Now, it's interesting where we are with that. I was talking to someone the other day who went to a a conference called Finishing the Task. It was a group of mission organizations gathering together to see where are we in the evangelization of the world. And several of the heads of the mission organization said, we believe we're in reach of a witness in every tribe, every nation, every language by 2035. So it shows how this hope is about to be fulfilled Before the return of the Lord. Now, the second thing he says about the characteristic of uh, the last days is in uh, Acts 19 through 20. And uh, he says this. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. The last days will conclude with a mighty upheaval, an upheaval of creation, an upheaval of the nations. It'll be uh, almost kind of a, a time of significant chaos. And we read a lot of that in Revelation as we move toward the end of the days. But the third thing he says, and this is what we are looking at today is in Acts two seventeen through 18. And this is the first part of the prophecy that Joel gives. In the last days, God says, 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So throughout the last days, I want you to understand what he's saying. Throughout the last days, there will be a continuous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is the marker of the last days. You see, what Peter is saying here is that what happened at Pentecost was not just some one-time experience to jumpstart the church. It is a, a continuous gift of God into the church, into our lives as believers. But this is the hope before the blessed hope. This is what we're given by God in these last days as believers, as the church. It's the primary way that God is working to accomplish his purposes in these last days through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if we refuse to go after this hope, and many people do, refuse to go after it and refuse to live in it, it generally is for three reasons. Uh, It may be, uh, number one, out of fear of what it's going to cost and let me tell you, it costs. It costs to be filled and to be and to live in the Holy Spirit's fullness. So there's fear, and maybe fear even of what it might look like. Because when the Spirit comes in power, He comes in many different ways, in many different intensities, and there may be a fear of what that might be look like. I think another reason we don't go after this is arrogance. We think we can be the church without the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We think we can live the Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the surge of the Spirit through our lives to live out this life. And we need the surge of the Spirit through our lives in order to do the ministry of Jesus in the earth. So the Holy Spirit fullness, the Holy Spirit coming on us in power is absolutely essential to who we are and what we're about. Listen, in the last century, the dominant form of Christianity, the dominance of Christianity, moved from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere. And do you know why that was? Basically, it was because of the multiplication of churches and people who were seeking for Holy Spirit coming on your power, And living in it. Now, obviously that would include Pentecostals. It would include Charismatics. It would include denominational churches who began to move after this in their own lives, in their own hearts. But look at this statistic. In 1900, there were probably one million believers in the Southern Hemisphere who are going after Holy Spirit coming on you power and living in that. The last time I got a count on it, which was a number of years ago, maybe 10 years ago, from 1 million believers, there are now 540 million believers. 
in the southern hemisphere. I heard one Catholic uh, priest say this. I read what he was saying in an article. He said, in North America, if a Catholic leaves the Catholic Church, he becomes a secularist, which is the dominant religion in North America, it seems to be. He said, if a Catholic in Latin America leaves the Catholic Church, he becomes a Pentecostal. <laughs> it's such a dominant form of the, of, uh, of the church and what the church is doing in that area. Are you going after the hope that comes before the blessed hope? Are we living in that hope? Uh, the Father wants it because he's promised it to us. <laughs> This is the promise that he's made to us in the time in which we've lived. Now, not only should we go after it because the Father has promised it, we should go after this blessed hope, this hope before the blessed hope, because Jesus gives it to us from heaven. He is the one who pours out the Spirit from heaven upon us. Uh, Peter gets up and he makes this survey of uh, of Jesus' ministry to bring the bystanders to an understanding that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is the Messiah. Remember, these are Jews that have just crucified Jesus. And, and Peter gets up and says, look, I'm going to tell you why all this is happening, why you're seeing this outpouring of the Spirit, why you're seeing Joel's prophecy fulfilled. And he says it's because of Jesus. And so he tries to make the argument before them that Jesus has authority, all authority of heaven and earth. And therefore, he is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Uh, so let me just kind of quickly go through these uh, as, as Peter is making this, uh, this explanation before these folks. These Jewish people there in Jerusalem in Acts 2.22, he's basically saying his authority is over sickness, demons, nature, life and humanity. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. I mean, these people saw the ministry of Jesus. And remember, it's just. Ten days ago uh, that Jesus ascended into heaven. So they were aware of Jesus' ministry and they were aware of the authority he had over all these things in his ministry. Acts 2.23, talking about uh, his authority to die for our sins and forgive us of sins. This man was handed over to you by God's set purposes and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men. Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Maybe some of the people in that crowd that he was speaking to were a part of the crowd uh, when Jesus was before Pilate and was asking that he be crucified. Acts 2.24 talks about Jesus' authority to resurrect the dead into new creation bodies at the end of the age. But God raised him from the dead. Freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Jesus has the authority to resurrect us from the dead and he will when he returns. He is 
Lord. He is Messiah. And that he has authority. Uh, in, in Acts 2.33, he says he's exalted to the right hand of God. Jesus has authority now over heaven and earth. He will renew all things. He will bring heaven and earth together into a new creation where we will be with God forever. He will resurrect us either if we've died before the, the return of Jesus out of heaven. And he will resurrect us from the earth if we're here when he returns. And he will renew all things and bring us into this new creation where he has authority over heaven and earth. Acts 2.33 He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Jesus, he says, is responsible for this. Jesus is the one who's pouring out the Spirit upon us. Even now, he's doing it from heaven. And that's why uh, I believe we should go after the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus wants us to go after the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to give us this blessing and this gift into our lives as believers and as the church. A friend of mine said this. He says, I believe the reason most of people in the church do not go after Holy Spirit and his fullness is because we consider him the weird uncle of the Trinity And, you know, uh, so we're kind of afraid of him. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever had a weird uncle. Uh, We did. It was my grandfather's brother, Uncle John. And when Uncle John came, you know, he would tell jokes and do some tricks, but he was not very responsible. And the last thing you wanted to do was leave him in charge of the children, you know. And I think a lot of us think the Holy Spirit's that way. You know, he's kind of a lot of fun to have around. But you don't want to leave him in charge of anything because uh, it can really get wacky. You know, he's not responsible enough to, to be in charge of our lives or to be in charge of the church. Uh, so we kind of pull back from him. But Jesus did not think the Holy Spirit was... Weird. He didn't say in uh, when he was leaving the disciples in John sixteen seven. He didn't say, "Okay, guys, uh, I've got to leave you, but I'm going to leave you with the weird uh, Holy Ghost, and uh, I hope it works out." Uh, you know, but don't put him in charge of anything. You know, it's the best I can do, but don't put him in charge of anything. No, he said this. He said, it is for your good that I'm going so that I might send him. As a matter of fact, one theologian said this, that the Holy Spirit is the shy member of the Trinity. Why is he shy? Because he's always deferring to Jesus. He empowers us to live the Christian life. He empowers us to do the ministry of Jesus. He empowers us to love Jesus. In that passage in Roman, when it says the spirit pours the, the love of the father into our hearts. Now, I think that's his love for us. But here's also what I think it is. 
I think it's the love of the Father for the Son. And that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are riding the white water river of the love of God for the Son. The love of the Father for the Son. That's why worship moves into a whole new dimension. Because we're loving Him out of the love of the Father. The Holy Spirit is always deferring us toward Jesus. That's His ministry. And that's why we need Him. We need His work in our life. We need to be fully... We need to know the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our life. Seek to receive and live in the Holy Spirit. And then finally I'd say this. The Holy Spirit wants His fullness for you. The Father wants it. The Son wants it. And the Holy Spirit wants it. Because it's the Holy Spirit who brings His fullness to us. We must go after and live in this hope for ourselves and for our church and actually for our nation. We need another awakening. I don't think political things are going to solve the issues in our country. We need a move of God in this nation. And God's given this nation two great awakenings. So we we need to pray. Lord, make another run through this nation. (laughs) Have mercy upon us. So it, it it is this outpouring of the Spirit is the reason, is the, is, should be the desire of our hearts. Desire to, to receive, to desire to go after, desire to live in fullness. Acts 2.38, Peter is explaining to the crowd because they're saying, well, what should we do? What should we do if this Jesus is the Messiah? And he says this, Peter replied, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice, this is the fullness of salvation he's speaking about. You know what the fullness of salvation is? It's repentance of sin, receiving the forgiveness of sins, baptism in the name of Jesus, and receiving the gift of Of the Holy Spirit. Are we living in the fullness of our salvation? Are we receiving all that God wants to do in us? In this great salvation that he's given us. The disciples wanted Holy Spirit coming on you power in the churches. So much so that after Philip had evangelized Samaria. They noticed that the people there had not entered in. To Holy Spirit coming on you power. So Peter and John go to minister this reality in their lives. Because they want them to have full salvation. When Paul went to Ephesus, he asked them this question. Did you, after believing, after believing in Jesus, did you receive, did you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they said, we don't know what you're talking about. And so he recognized that not only had they not received the Holy Spirit, but they hadn't been baptized in the name of Jesus. So he led them in that. 
they received the Holy Spirit. You see, this was an important dynamic, the fullness of salvation in the early church. In Hebrews 6, 5, the Hebrew writer is talking about some believers that are falling away from the Lord. And he can't believe it. And he says the reason that basically he can't believe that this has happened, he says, these people have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age. That's an interesting phrase, the powers of the coming age. You see, Holy Spirit coming on you power is not just a hope before the blessed hope. It's actually a taste of the power of the blessed hope when Jesus returns. When Jesus comes back, he will resurrect the dead. When Jesus comes back, he will transform all things. When Jesus comes back, he will bring heaven and earth together into a new creation. And we can taste the power of what Jesus is going to do through the Holy Spirit now. Because we can taste the power of Jesus raising us to new life. We can taste the power of Jesus renewing our lives fully. We can taste the power of Jesus Bringing heaven to earth, joining in our lives, we can taste the power of the new creation. That's what Paul says. You are in Christ. The hope of the new creation, the taste of the new creation through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit brings upon us fullness, fullness in our lives. Brings revival in the church. Brings awakening in a region. Through his power. In the, um, in the Greek Orthodox Church, there was an illustration they made many times about the Holy Spirit. And they said it's like, it was called the sword in the fire or in the flame. And they said, you know, the nature of the sword is that it's hard, it's cold, and it cuts. But he said, if you, if, you left the, if you left the sword in the fire long enough, it changes the nature of the sword. So it becomes soft. It becomes red hot. And it's, instead of cutting, it starts fires. Holy Spirit coming on us power changes our nature. It changes us. Changes who we are. And that's why we need to seek and go after this in our lives. Here's what I like to do today to close out. Uh, Steve, why don't you come up here? I'm going to have you pray for us. If you want this for your own life, if you want this for the church, as a, uh, if, if we want it for our nation, <laughs> as a way of saying, Lord, we're available. We're available. We want this for our lives. We want it for our church. We want, it, we want it for this nation. Would you pour out your spirit upon us in this hour and in this day? Would you stand? And Steve's going to pray for us. And then we'll go into a time of ministry.
just with yourself. Just put, your in a posture, put yourself in a posture of, of focusing on Jesus, a posture of, of receiving, a posture of, of desperation. You know what that looks like, just this place, this thing. I, I see this thing. I know I need it more than anything else. As I pray over you, just, just encourage you just to say yes as I pray. Say yes as if you're saying, yes, Lord, this is what I'm longing for. Father, we, we worship you and thank you for the fullness of salvation that you, with great anticipation, great excitement, you prepared before creation for your people. It was the great hope and desire. It was really ultimately the pinnacle of why you came. Yes, you wanted to save, but ultimately you wanted to empower us to be like Jesus. That's what excited you. You said, just wait. Just wait for the promise of my spirit. Just wait there's an anticipation, there's an excitement, God, there's an enjoyment that you were looking forward to in that moment where we went from being a people who, 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 were, who were needy, who, who were incapable, to all of a sudden we were a people who were filled with the grace of God, of empowerment, to do the things that Jesus did with the gifts of God's Spirit. And so, Father, you came with anticipation and said, just wait for the promise. Just wait for the promise. And Father, this morning we come and say, Jesus, we want to embrace and engage the fullness of the promise of the work of the Holy Spirit. And we're saying, Jesus, would you come and pour yourself out upon us in fullness, God? Just confess to the Lord, maybe those fears that, those things that uh, Mark were naming, maybe, maybe there's fears that you need to repent of this morning. That you just surrender, you would give yourself, that you would repent and say, God, I turn from my fears. I turn from the weird, from being the one, the weird guy. And just say, I just, if it it means to have to be weird to be like Jesus, then whatever it looks like, I just surrender that to you. I submit it to you and say, God, I want to be like Jesus. Just surrender whatever that is this morning. There's an arrogance. As you recognize, you know what, I've really just been living life in my own wisdom, in my own strength. I've been living in my own power, my own abilities. I don't really think about Jesus unless I really reach that real desperate place. I don't submit myself every day to him. I'm not a living sacrifice laid on the altar every day saying, you do as you want to do today. Then I just encourage you, submit yourself to the Lord. Surrender to him this morning. Ask forgiveness for being the Lord of your own life. And as if there are keys in your hand to every single door of your life, say, God, here are my keys to every door. You open and close as you will. I surrender myself to you. I want to move today in your spirit. and I want to be like water in your hands. Father, I thank you for the promise that says, you though being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will God pour out His Holy Spirit upon those who ask? Luke 11. Encourage you this morning, right now in your own words, whether outside, out loud or to yourself, just begin to pray.
pray and say, Holy Spirit, I want you. All that you have for me this morning, I surrender. I want you. Asking, that's Jesus. I'm going to ask Jesus for the work of God's Spirit, the gifts of God's Spirit, the fullness of salvation, and the outpouring of Holy Spirit today who is good, whose job is to convict us of sin and remind us of every word that Jesus said and to empower us this morning to look, act, and sound like Jesus in all that we're doing. So when people see you, they see Jesus. They believe and have hope. We can pray for healing. We can pray for salvation. We can pray and believe and hear God's voice. We can begin to evangelize and people are saved. We can begin to work in the gifts of administration powerfully and moving to bring salvation and to bring hope in the body of the church. Begin to pray right now. I just want you, G Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus. We just surrender ourselves to you, Lord. And say, Father, we want all that you have. We want the fullness. Jesus. vintage we want we want to be a church where the fullness of salvation rests and is like a flame that is burning so that all from all around can see it and would come we surrender to you as a people Father a shepherd ever vintage Self to you, Jesus. Come and have your way, in Jesus' name. our ministry teams to come forward. We want to worship this morning. We want to allow, just invite the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move this morning. So as ministry teams come, well, Aaron will lead us, but I invite you just to continue to pray, to invite, to seek the face of Jesus, to recognize this, the outpouring of the Spirit. It is 
It is this unbelievable gift of love for his people, for you. He says, I just want to love you to the fullness of my being. God would say, I want to give you all of me. So this receiving, this, this receiving in the fullness of salvation, this, the power of the Holy Spirit, the movement of God's Spirit, the intimacy of God's Spirit, it's, it's ultimately it's an incredible expression of love for Jesus, of Jesus for you. So, Father, help us to be those who can receive this morning. By grace, Lord, I pray for those who, God, just um, have a hard time receiving I pray, Father, that maybe like the elder brother have a hard time receiving, I just pray out of grace that you would touch their heart and their mind and God and give them grace to receive this morning. He responds to the Lord leads. You want prayer this morning for anything? invite you to come to our ministry teams or take communion this morning to celebrate the fullness of salvation the work of Jesus the breaking of body pouring out of his blood and then we also celebrate the descending of his spirit this morning I invite you to come and take communion to worship to celebrate and continue maybe in prayer recognizing God they're just uh, I believe help my own believe God I'm out, my doors open but maybe not fully open just begin to pray for continued work of the Holy Spirit even to open your hands fully to come. Okay? So let's worship. Anything else, Mark, you have? (laughs) All right. Let's worship this morning.